Hello, you podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. Thank you for listening today. This is episode number 48. We're so glad you're here. And you are going to be so glad you're listening because, oh my goodness, the conversation that you're about to hear is going to just about bless your socks off. So you might want to hold on to your socks. <laughs> Sonola Fruget is our guest today, and she is absolutely wonderful. She is a breath of fresh air. I mean, halfway through, I just started sobbing, and I'm not even really sure why. I don't even, I mean, it was just the presence of God was right here. I don't even know how else to tell you that. Such a tender thing. And something that I underlined on my paper, and I thought, oh, I just wanted to hear this, and it just, um, I hope that you hear it with bold print in your ears. One thing she shared is that God said to her and her husband, you come submit your gifts I will make room for you and I don't know what that looks like for you in your life whatever you're facing but the the surrender of that and saying Lord I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna obey and I'm just gonna trust that you're gonna make room for me and you're gonna make it happen however it's supposed to happen wow that's one of my most special parts of uh, this conversation I think Sonola and her husband are the pastors at the Presence Church in Owasso, and buckle up, because it's going to be a good one. Hi, Sonola. Thanks so much for coming tonight. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure to have you. We're so grateful, and we just would like to start this podcast with asking you to give our listeners a little peek into your life. Just tell us a little bit about you and your family and hobbies and things like that. Okay, well, I am Sonola Fruget, um, born and raised in California, Southern California. I am the fourth of six siblings, um, one brother who's the oldest, and the rest girls. (laughs) Lots of estrogen in your house growing up. So, yeah, it it was it was a lot of fun growing up in our house. Um, I mean, you can just imagine the arguments, but then <laughs> loving on each other after a, a big one. But um, yeah, I have a big family. But yeah, um, I'm a mother of four, um, one boy, and three girls. So I had to stop. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to end up with that many girls <laughs> like my mom did. But um, my son is 38, um, and my girls are 32, we'll be 31, and we'll be 27 next month. Wow. So, and I have 10 grandkids, five girls and five boys. So, wow. What a blessed woman you are. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> 10 grandkids. Yes, yes. Wow. So, yeah, I'm from California. We moved here in 1990. We had come actually in 1989 to a conference here in the Tulsa uh, Metroplex area, and we were, it was actually at the Maybe Center, or you, Maybe Center, and we were sitting there. It was funny because my husband and I, um, we have a lot of fun together, but during this conference, it's like he was really quiet during the, the conference, and not very talkative, and we had this little 
transparent moment. <laughs> had a little argument. Um, Wait, you mean? Yes, you I had one. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know anything about that. I'm yeah. I guess we could maybe have one. <laughs> anyway, so you had the argument, and, and and he says, and he just, I remember him saying to me, "Babe, I'm trying to hear from God." Oh. <laughs> we were at the conference during this, and we were like way up high in the nosebleed area, as they say. And there was an intensity when he said that. Not It wasn't as he was trying to be rude or just, mm-hmm. will you be, please be quiet? <laughs> but I could tell because I know him enough. Right. And so later on, he told me, he says, the Lord was speaking to me. And he told me, he says, I want you to come here and submit your gifts here. Now, we're from California. We were just happened to be in, you know, Oklahoma for that conference. And that was in um, 89. I take that back. That was in 90, actually April of 1990. And we prayed about it. And because for him, he's, he plays the piano. He was a worship pastor at our church in California. Um, you know, how do you just uproot yourself and your family? My, mm-hmm. my youngest daughter wasn't even born. Um, so I had an eight-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. Mm-hmm. And long, long story short, that was April of 1990. We moved here in July of 1990. So quick. So I know you said, long story short, but I just have to go back. When your husband said, the Lord is speaking to me, I feel that he wants me to use my gifts here, meaning Oklahoma, what did you think? Exactly. Exactly. Coming from California, you know, I mean, what is even in Oklahoma? (laughs) Right? But he um, attended ORU um, his first three years of college. Oh, okay. So, so he was familiar with He was with familiar with um, Oral Roberts University. You know, he was um, over Souls of Fire, one of the mm-hmm. music groups at ORU when he was here. He was in their traveling um, team that went during the summers. They would travel around. So he knew about... Oklahoma. It wasn't just like out of the blue. Um, and had a, you ever been to Oklahoma before, though? I had. I don't think so. Oh. Not prior to coming to the yeah for the conference. conferences, but my like my cousins, different ones we knew went to ORU, so it was like it wasn't unfamiliar. Um, but you probably never thought, oh, I want to move. Oh, to who Tulsa. does? <laughs> From California. Yeah. Who? who who says that? <laughs> Amber Hudler, if you're listening, I know that you can identify because I know you still talk about the East Coast. Anyway, I digress. So, And where in California are you from? Los Angeles area. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Los Angeles. That's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved here in July. You actually, was, just a few short months later, you literally said, yes, Lord, yes. to this move. Yes. This is a big deal. And it, it, was, it was, I wasn't fearful of the move or anything because I know my husband hears from God. And, um, you know, we really, we prayed about it. We shared it with my parents, with his mom. And 
and you know my siblings or whatever and we and so we just made the move i had a, at my my sister that's right under me she and her family were um, her husband was stationed at fort seal okay so that was someone who was close mm -hmm. enough you know showed enough drive to be near us but it was a huge transition it was huge yeah what was that culture shock like i'll give you an example okay when we moved here, we had found an apartment um, via word of mouth. <laughs> so it was actually called the Breckenridge, which is behind um, the City of Faith, where the, well, it's not called the City of Faith anymore. Um, and so we had like six months worth of rent paid. So we were able to pick out the carpet we wanted in this apartment. It was just a uh, two-story apartment. We got here, and they had rented it out to someone. No. And I take that back. It wasn't six months. I think it was three months we had, you know. And because this is just how, you know, the Bible said the Lord worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Mm -hmm. And it's always for our good, you know. We don't like it all the time. So we get here, they rented it out. My aunt and uncle and my mom, they drove with us, you know, to mm -hmm. help us with the move. So they had to put us in a hotel while they got another apartment prepared for us, which was about maybe three days or so. But with that, they gave us an additional, I think, two months free rent. So the disappointment turned into a blessing. The disappointment turned into a blessing. Um, but shortly after that, I'll say a couple of months, got into the fall and the winter months. You know, I'm not used to <laughs> Oklahoma weather. Oklahoma weather. And um, I f my, the left side of my arm just started just throbbing down. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I think I'm having a heart attack, mm -hmm. you know, or a stroke or something. And... So Alvin, he, he called um, the Emson. They came, and they were checking me out. I was just sitting on the floor. It's like I couldn't move my hand. Um, and they took my vitals and everything, and everything was fine. And they said, you know what? I think you're just having a panic attack. Oh. I was away from everybody. No family here. Um, and you, did you not know one person here when you moved here? I knew someone, but not not real well. You know how you know of someone, or right, you know, right, right. oh, I met you, but not in relationship, not right. anything not like that. Not someone you're going to call and say, will you help me unpack my closet? Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was, it was a transition. It was rough. However, um, you know, the church was great. People loved us and which church was this this was higher dimensions higher dimensions is the first place is where Alvin came is where okay. we came um and it was the Azusa conference that year that we were at and it was Miles Monroe speaking the night that we were there and did they call both of you to be on staff at the church, or did it start out with just Alvin, or how, it, did, it, how did they decide to do things? Well, our moving here had nothing to do with 
a oh, job or anything. We you just came can't. because God said, I love this, this is where. Wow. So you didn't have a job yet or anything? No, nothing. Oh, my word. Oh, wow. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, my so my husband, he has his um, degree in um, business administration with the emphasis in um, finance, real estate, and law. So when we moved here, he began searching for um, a job in real estate because he was doing commercial real estate in California. So he did find he was doing appraisals and stuff like that. Well, well, Carlton Pearson knew of him because of when he was here at ORU. So Alvin, he was like, what are you doing here? Alvin said, you know, the Lord spoke to me in April and said, come and submit my gifts. Now for Alvin, it was like seeing this huge auditorium filled with people a, a platform with all kind of musicians and singers that could play circles around him, probably sing circles around him, his words, not mine. <laughs> um, it, it was like, Lord, they don't need me here. You know, he says, come, submit your gifts. I will make room for you. And the funny thing is about later on that year, Gary Oliver was the mus- minister of music during that time. You know, we got in the choir and um, all of that, but Gary began traveling full-time. And so he asked Alvin if, you know, he led worship or whatever, and, you know, Alvin just, you know, told him all the things he did. So he started doing, he kind of started taking over. It, and and it just, just made it just him. made room for him. I love it. I have mm-hmm. to say, and I still want us to keep going, but I just am feeling like, what you and Alvin did makes me think about Abraham in the Bible. When the Lord said, Abraham, pack up and move, and I'll tell you when mm-hmm. you get there. I'll tell mm-hmm. you when to stop. That you just obeyed the Lord with not mm-hmm. a final That's destination. And true. I just love this. And I love how you said that God just said, you just come and submit your gifts. That's your job, and I'm going to make room. So I'm just astounded. I'm loving this. Yes. I love that quote, Kevin Smith, your gifts, I will make room for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the mess, That's like the theme. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you have to really trust him in those mm-hmm. moments, you know, because I'm sure there were moments, especially for him, being, you know, the head of our household, God, okay, is this really you, you know? Mm-hmm. It had to be because, like I said before, who would want to move to Oklahoma? <laughs> well, we do love Oklahoma. I do want to say we that. Do now. Really we do now. I'm Oklahoma born and raised. I love Oklahoma. Oh, are you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Except for a few short years in Texas. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, where were we? Tell us about the opportunities that Alvin began to have with leading worship, et cetera. Um, like I said, Gary, you know, asked him. So, he eventually became the music pastor there. Um, a lot of the songs that he taught eventually, not initially, he didn't want to come in saying, okay, I'm going to teach you all, all of my material, but um, some of the songs that he wrote um, were heard even by record companies and mm-hmm. doing for the Azusa conferences, um, they were approached um, about doing a recording and so a lot of his songs are on the Azusa recordings. Um, people don't know that Alvin wrote them. Pers- I mean, the people who sang 
in the choir and stuff like that. They know. Um, but a lot of people around the world, they don't know that he actually wrote, wrote those songs. songs. So, cool. yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, so eventually he actually, because of the notoriety of him being the music pastor there, he was traveling with, he would travel, travel with Pastor Carlton. He'd been all over the world. Now, while these things were moving along and, and God was opening doors, was this an easy time for you to be home and trust the Lord, or was it actually harder? And what, what was that like from your point of view? Initially, it was a lot of fun just being there, getting to know people and establishing relationships. And, but over time, it became hard when he would travel. Mm-hmm long amounts of time. Like, they went to South Africa one day. They were gone 19 days. Whoa. And, you know, I have little ones. Yeah. Um, I was, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but I was at the point of tears one time they had come back. Mm -hmm. And they got in, like, on a Friday evening. Um, And he had been gone about 10, 12 days or so. And... Of course, I'm excited he's back, you know, and um, Pastor Carlton needed to go somewhere else that Sunday after church. Oh. And um, I think Alan was hesitant in telling me, you know, I just began bawling. I'm like, but you just got home. You have a family. During that time, he, Pastor Carlton wasn't married. So he. Sure. And some of the others who traveled with them weren't married. Um, But I remember um, one of the executive pastors, his wife, was she came, she says, what's going on? I said, I'm just full, you know, he's, he needs to go out again. Um, Not that I had an issue with him going out, I just had an issue with him not being home. Right, you've got these little four children that you're caring for Mm -hmm. and changing diapers and feeding them and they so in that a was a place her. that you don't have family. Right. It's right. overwhelming. So she, I don't know what she did, but she did. So she said something to somebody, and Alvin came to me after church that Sunday. Says, "I don't have to go." I said, "Well, great. praise the Lord." <laughs> <laughs> great. So I'm sure she said, and I mean, she had has four kids of her own, so she knows the dynamic, and mm-hmm. maybe she went to explain that to someone. I don't know, but he. He ended up not going, but it was it was hard at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thank God for my mom, <laughs> which um, she and Alvin's mom would come to the Azusa conferences after we had moved here. Um, Did those conferences happen every year or every more often? year, every April? Every April, okay. Yeah, um, and I mean literally, pack out. Or you may be sinner. Mm. People from all over the world literally would come to these conferences. And my mom had come one year. I was pregnant with my baby girl. And we were taking her to the airport to go back home. And I was asleep in the car. And she told out, she says, I have something to share with you all, but I can't share it just yet. And he's like, oh, okay, you know. So she gets home, and mind you, this is in April, and I think this was in 93, 1993, because that was the same year my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. Um, 
She gets home, and we, of course, hear the story after the fact. She said that while she was there, the Lord spoke to her and said, um, I want you all to move here so that you can take care, help take care of Alvin and Sonola's kids while they travel. Mm. Now, mind you, we weren't traveling anywhere. We weren't going anywhere. He wasn't full-time ministry or anything. So, but she knew that my dad would think she just wanted to move here because I was here because my mom and I are close. Right. And, um, and my dad, he always said he would never move to Tornado Alley. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes home and maybe about two weeks after, because she had prayed, God, you will have to open the door for me to share with with him what Mm -hmm. the Lord said to her. So she said she was walking down the hallway at the house and he was in his office. He slammed the phone down. And so she backed up and looked back into the office and she said, what's going on? And he was on the phone, I guess, with, he was, had been on hold with someone. I don't know who it was, um, trying to take care of some business. And when he slammed the phone down and she asked him what's going on, he said, let's just pack up and move to Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what? And then he just kind of ignored, just kind of ignored what he actually had said. But then for her, that was the open door sure. to share with him what God had, had told her. And that was in April of 1993. So in April every time. Yeah, because that, the, that's so when the, the conference, conference was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the theme so far has been this conference has been incredibly impactful many, many times <laughs> in your life. Yes. This is a big deal. Yes. <laughs> so they moved. They actually moved that November. Oh, my goodness. And that was like... Um, my daughter's September, so two months after, um, three months after she was born. Oh, that's two months, right? Two months <laughs> after she was born. Um, they moved to Oklahoma, been here ever since. Still, we weren't traveling, we weren't going anywhere. Yeah. But in 1995, we started traveling okay. full time. Mm-hmm. And they were already here. So we didn't have to, like, my mom would just come to our house if we had to go somewhere and take care of the kids, get them off to school or whatever. Um, we didn't have to take them out, pack them up, and you know, so send everything them had just already been put into mm-hmm. place. Where, yes, where did you start traveling to? Just because of his people knowing the Zusa conferences and his music and mm-hmm. that, you know, people churches started calling asking if he would come and do maybe a, a music symposium or oh, okay. a workshop. And, you know, sometimes it'd be a weekend and they'd ask, well, do you preach? And of course, yes, I preach. So will you preach on Sunday for us? So it just kind of went from there. So is that what ended up bringing you to the presence in Owasso? That. (laughs) Is this another faith journey, I'm guessing? Huge. I think this one was probably more so than any of the other ones. Please tell us the story. The presence in Owasso um, came about over the years through traveling. People would always say, you know, hey, do you pastor? No. Um, or when are you going to start pastoring? And that's something we never, ever desired to do. And I think a lot of that came from seeing the 
ins and outs mm-hmm. of ministry. Sure. Um, the good, the bad. Kind of the underside of, of, you know, behind the ministry doors mm-hmm. that is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pastor's wife as well, so I know what you're talking about. And so to see it and think, I'm not so sure about that, Lord. I can completely understand why you would have said, no, that's not what we're doing. Yes. So, but I'm literally over a number of years. But one time we were in, we weren't in, Alvin was in London. (laughs) I think it was London he was in. Um, He was there in Paris, and this elderly lady came up to him. Of course, that know him, and he had been ministering. He, she says, I, you know, enjoyed your ministry. Um, the Lord says, you're going to be the psalmist and the shepherd at, a ch- at your church. And he's like, huh? And she says, you're going to pastor. And he's like, mm, you know, <laughs> in mind, no. Um, I mean, he didn't say that to her, but right. it's just something we never... But over so many years of hearing that from different people, from different places um, throughout the country and, and even other countries, you have to stop long enough to say, okay, God, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. So over some time, <laughs> we finally, we had moved to, actually moved to Texas in 2000. And we were there for six years. And during that time, um, we got a word from a pastor. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bishop Tudor Bismarck. He's from Zimbabwe. Bishop uh, Tudor Bismarck? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he knew us from being at different conferences where he was, so we got to know him, and he says... You know, the Lord gave me a word for you all. I'll give it to you on Sunday. This was a Friday. They were having a conference. <laughs> Nothing like suspense. Right. <laughs> so we're like, okay. <laughs> so we happened to be, after that service, that Friday night, we all happened to be in the back office area um, at the same time. And usually when you, they have guests there, you know, someone on staff is back there with you. But no one was back there with him. Alvin was a music pastor at this church in um, Texas. And he came and he put his arms around us both. He says, God says, I brought you here for a season to cover you, but that season is coming to an end. That was in May. In September of that same year, things started unraveling um, with him as the minister of music at that church. They were going in a different direction um, in their belief system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we weren't willing to compromise our faith or integrity in God and what we believed um, the gospel to be about um, right. for a job. So, you know, he kindly stepped down. Um, we went to, actually, Gary Oliver was, is pastoring in Texas. So we started, in, in relationship with them, started just going there, just sitting. But during that time, God was speaking that he would move us back to Oklahoma. 
to start a ministry. So, of course, we didn't know what that meant, what that looked like. So we had to do a lot of praying. Um, he had said yes. I think I was still saying no. <laughs> <laughs> because I know the weight of ministry. Right. You know, and it's nothing you take lightly. Right. So um, we end up moving back. Actually, we started, we decided to start the church, met with some people, um, got a little counsel and um, advice in what to do, how to do, and we told our family members. And I remember telling my oldest sister, um, said, hey, Rhonda, you know, actually Alvin was telling me, he says, um, I'm going to start pastoring. She says, well, it's about time. <laughs> and he says, what do you mean? She says, truth be told, you've been pastoring for years. You're just starting a church. Mm-hmm. He says, your life has been, you've been pastoring people, whether it was, you know, when you go out and you're ministering or over a choir or mm-hmm. whatever, you've been functioning in that capacity for many years. You're just starting a church. And so um, it kind of shed light on a lot. And it's true, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we began doing the services um, once a month on a Sunday evening. We would travel back and forth. We were still living in Texas, but we would come here. We met at Old Central here in Owasso. Okay. Um, of course, there's a whole lot in between these, these stories, um, getting in contact with different people and making connections. So we met there once a month, um, every Sunday. Then we went every other Sunday, um, and we ended up moving to Freedom Church. Mm-hmm. They allowed us to use their chapel because they weren't using the chapel. So we were meeting there every other Sunday evening until we moved back here. So we moved back, put our house up for lease there, um, and it just kind of took off from there. Mm-hmm. Moved in with my parents <laughs> for <laughs> So your parents were still here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Parents are still here. And since then, uh, two, my sister that was in um, Lawton, her and her family, they had moved you know, <laughs> to Tulsa. My baby sister had moved from California, you know, so. Lots of family. They had, they had the come. That's great. So um, the others are still, my brother's the only one that's, of my siblings that's still in California. The others are in Texas and in Oklahoma. So when did you make the, the move to start a weekly service? You yes. lived in Owasso and starting a weekly service. We started that in 2008, the every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we met at a hotel, and we were setting up and tearing down. And, um, but that first Sunday that we kind of got the word out, and mm-hmm. the people who were coming, um, like, for the once a month, you know, they got the word out to people know us because we had been here. Mm-hmm. So that first Sunday, 
um, it was packed. Oh, really? In that hotel, yes. I love it. It was packed. And it just went from there, still not knowing God, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> but 12 years later, mm-hmm. we're still here. Still here. Just following one step at one a time. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. One step at a time. That's so beautiful. Okay, so let's go back, because Robin says you have a good story of how you and your husband met, so I want to hear that. Oh, <laughs> well, truth be told, my husband and I have known each other for 51 years, something like that. And listeners, I think that she's 52. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, we grew up and went to the same church. Um, he was like six and I was four <laughs> and so we grew up best friends dating. So it can happen listeners it can happen <laughs> <laughs> dating on and off you know I remember I tell the story <laughs> I tease him because one Sunday this is we may have been in maybe junior high school he's like I don't want to go with you anymore you know the thing was you know you go you with go somebody, with somebody. <laughs> yes I, that. I don't want to go with you more anymore this is on a Sunday um, I want to go with, I'm not going to say her name, who mm-hmm. was, you know, another girl in the church. I'm like, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was extremely quiet, so um, so it's like we broke up that Sunday. That Monday he called. I don't want to go with her because, you know, what for whatever reason, he wanted to go back with me. <laughs> so <laughs> weird, so weird. But we were best friends growing up, literally, mm-hmm. literally. It's a sweet story, a lifetime love. Yes, and so and he proposed to me. He um, wrote a song, actually. Mm-hmm. And there was a song that we would sing together, um, and he had told our pastor that he was going to propose to me. He wanted to propose to me in church that Sunday, and he had talked with my dad and everything. Of course, no one knew but my dad, which my dad found out that morning, at church, <laughs> at their men's breakfast. Oh. They would, had a men's breakfast before the service. And he asked my dad, and my dad just said, are you sure, you know? <laughs> and he gave his blessing. And so but the night before, Alvin had told me, you know, Pastor Watts wants us to sing that song um, <clears throat> that we do together. And I said, okay. So we were kind of like rehearsing the song that Saturday night, and I had my thumb had I was trying to nail polish so but I didn't have any nail polish remover so my just that one thumb had nail polish on it so that night he was like why do you have I guess he's checking my hands he's thinking all ahead why do you have one thumb you know just polished no uh, I said I didn't have any nail polish remover so Sunday comes um pastor gets up and just before he speaks he says before I speak we have a special song. Um, so, of course, I get up, go to the mic, and he's on the piano. Um, and back then you had the choir in the choir stand. So I just, I was in the choir, so I just stood up and went to the mic that was mm-hmm. there. And um, it was, I'm, I've always been nervous doing anything. So it's like he starts the song off anyway, and then I come in on the second part. So, like, he was singing. And I was like praying, you know. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, he started singing something else. 
And I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just giving a little intro before he goes in. <laughs> and it wasn't until I heard him say, I know that it's time for the wedding bells to ring. And I looked. Oh. <laughs> and the next verse says, um, it says, I know that it's time for the wedding bells to ring. The love and joy that you bring makes me want to ask you this one thing. Sonola, will you marry me? Oh, it's so sweet. And Aww. so I just melted. I was more embarrassed than anything, you know. And, <laughs> you know, people were clapping and crying. And I just sat, sat down on that front row in the choir stand. And my aunt was in the choir. And she, um, the course of the song, it just keeps saying, will you marry me? Um, and so he kept singing that. <laughs> Will you please be mine? Will you be mine? And Aww. she nudged me. She says, are you going to answer him? <laughs> <laughs> so I got up. I walked down because the piano was on the floor. So I walked out of the choir stand down to the piano, sat on the piano, stood next to him. He put the ring on my finger. Aww. I leaned over in the mic. I said, yes. I socked him in the shoulder. (laughs) And then I walked out of the church. (laughs) So it was was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I love it. So that's... that's I I would love to ask you um, about something. We got to have a conversation, you and I, about a month ago. Um, when our friendship began, which was a fun thing that we were able to meet and talk through our husband's friendship. Mm -hmm. And I was very touched by your story of just the Lord giving you a word and you and how you responded to him. And of course, our show is called Afraid Not. Mm -hmm. So in times when we are feeling that things are really hard to hold on to or we just are holding on by a thread, those are some of the best, most important times in our faith where we just know God holds all things together. Mm-hmm. Like Colossians 1.17 says, God holds all things together. And so I would love for you to tell that story again about just a recent thing that God has been doing in you and, and just what you've been led to respond to him in obedience. Yes, I was just sharing how... A couple of years back, I just felt the Lord tell me that he wanted me to start a women's, well, actually a pastor's wives group. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not that person, first of all. (laughs) I'm not really outgoing. Like, my husband is so outgoing. (laughs) I'm more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, he told me that and, you know, kind of pushed it in the back of my mind, whatever. But then over the years, every so often, there would be something that happens, and he would bring that back to me. I want you to start this women's group. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if it meant a prayer group or just a fellowship or whatever. But I knew that the, the pastors in the city mm-hmm. um, would get together. I think once a month or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I for think pastors. That's how Chris met Alvin. Pastor's prayer, yeah. Right. So, um, for me, I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 but um, and this is it went on for years, at, at least two or three years, 
And so uh, here recently, we were in a meeting with um, some people in the city. And afterwards, I was speaking with city manager Warren Lear and just talking about, I think we were actually, the meeting was about, you know, the just addressing the issue, race issues and things mm-hmm. that were going on in There's the city. There's so many right now, mm-hmm. not just in our city, but everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yes. So afterwards, he was just thanking us for being there and being a part. And the Lord brought it back to me in the middle of him speaking to me. And I just like, okay, in my mind, okay. I said, may I ask you something? I said, well, I want your opinion. I said, this is something the Lord gave me um, years ago. Mm-hmm. And he just spoke it again to me. So I just went through the whole thing with him. And he just kind of lit up. And he says, I know exactly who you need to talk to. And Chris was there. He said, so you took me over to Chris, introduced me, kind of told him what I had shared. And he was like, I've got to get you in contact with my wife. (laughs) So even after that, we exchanged numbers and everything. But even after that, I immediately went into fear mode which has been my MO for so long. I mean, after all, it's been three years, and I still hadn't moved on it. And I got to the point to where I had to say yes. And I said yes to God, and I wrote down in my Bible on a piece of paper, my yes is yes even when my yes is scared. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So sometimes we have to push past, well, not sometimes, all the time. <laughs> we have to push past our insecurities um, and give a total yes. It's like in my, in my heart I'm saying yes to God, but my actions weren't following suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's been the case many times in my life. And I began to think about just my life, my journey, even as a kid. I was pretty quiet. Um, I think I was teased and that kind of thing because I was so quiet. I, I didn't necessarily fight for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my sisters... <laughs> uh, they'd bring it. <laughs> listen. <laughs> but I was just that timid, that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and having gone through so many different hurts growing up in school, um, just people being mean just because, mm-hmm. and I felt that I have always been nice to everyone. Mm-hmm. I remember, just to give you a couple of examples, I was um, at school, high school, and we normally would take our lunch to school. And um, I think I may have been in the ninth grade, ninth or tenth grade. And this particular day, my dad gave me five dollars. And I'm thinking, whoa, I get to eat in the cafeteria, and even though who wants to eat in the cafeteria? But, you know, all your friends are buying, you know, their food. You want to do that. So 
I had $5. So I was a part of the <clears throat> ASB committee, and we would sell, like, popcorn and candy canes and things during... And what does ASB stand for? Uh, that's student body. Yeah, student council? Student, student, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's different now, but back in the 70s and school. <laughs> <laughs> Called it ASB. Um, so we were selling... The, the snacks during the break. And um, some of the girls in there, you know, I was telling them, you know, I get to eat in the cafeteria. I can eat with you guys. And um, I wasn't the one they wanted to be around. I wasn't like a popular person or anything like that. Um, so they, I said, my dad gave me $5. So um, they were like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> So we go to class after that, and then I'm summoned to the office. And it was the ASB supervisor um, who called me in along with two other girls who told her that there was $5 missing out of the petty cash box. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay. Um, and she was saying, and the two girls, they were just standing there while, you know, the teacher was talking. She says, and I was told that someone said they saw you with $5 and da-da-da-da. I said, yes. And so I looked at the girls. I said, because I told you I had $5, that my dad had given me $5 to eat in the cafeteria. So they were, they told her that, you know, they made it look like I stole out of the petty cash. I don't know if they had taken something out of the money box or not. They were trying to set you They up. were trying to set me up. And mm. I was livid. Mm -hmm. I was so mm -hmm. hurt. Yeah. Because I finally felt like I was being a I was a part of something. Um and it was totally different. That mm. it was just so ugly. So I, I say that to say there were things that I encountered for no reason, you know. Sometimes you want things warrant people not liking you or wanting to be around you or whatever. But I never could understand that. And growing up, I just felt, you know, why? I'm sorry. No, you're it's fine. okay. Um, why am I not accepted? Mm. And things like that carry over of course for years you don't even can't even pinpoint why right. you are the way you are right. mm. but sadly to say I'm closer to 60 than I am 50 and I'm just now realizing where some of my actions where they're stemming from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in sixth grade and our teacher lover today she's she's like an aunt to me literally <laughs> Um, but then she was considered the meanest teacher ever, but um, <laughs> she was going around the classroom and she was asking us, I think we're doing subject was hygiene and that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. um, she was going around the classroom and asking everyone, you know, is your, is your room clean, you know, and students say yes or no, or sometimes, well, she goes around the classroom and she gets to a gentleman that's next to me whose dad was a pastor, and I would been, I know their family, been to their house, you know, I'm not giving any names, but anyway, 
messy house. Mess I knew how mm -hmm. they live, you know, not faulting them. It is what it is. So when she got to him and she asked him, you know, is your room clean? He says, yes. And I'm thinking, you know. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, and she says, yes, I know it is because pastor, whatever, it wouldn't have it any different. She gets to me and she says, is your room clean? And my bed wasn't made. And so to me, that's not not your room being clean. Um, and I said, yes. She says, ha! No, it's not. And of course, me, my timid little self, I just kind of mouth. How do you know? And she, yeah, and she, she heard and she heard me. She says, oh, I know. And then she just went to the next kid. But I was oh, so embarrassed. I went home that day and I made my bed. And I made my bed in a manner to where I got to make sure that there's not even a, like a little ripple in the blanket or anything. Um, but today, I have an issue with like clutter or something being mm -hmm. out of place. And I just realized that maybe a year ago, two years ago, that's why mm -hmm. I am the way I am, mm -hmm. which is so sad to have. I remember my daughter, they're adults, but she had sent this little meme with this, a clip of a guy. It says, um, Mamas be like, and it's a video <laughs> of him. He's dressed yeah. up like uh, with a wig on, and he <laughs> walks in the apartment, and there's a pillow sh kind of shifted on the couch. You know, it's not just straight up, and there's a fork in the sink. Everything's in order, and he says, "Who left this mess in the living room? <laughs> Who left all these dishes in the sink?" And so then my daughter puts on the, the caption, "Mom," you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that bad, you know. But, you know, those, whether negative or positive, you know, imprints have been made mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think about, you know, what do people think about me? Mm -hmm. Am I going to do this right? Coming here, am I going to screw up on this podcast? <laughs> you She's know? being brave. She's getting out of the box. You it's know, great. so... And hoping that, you know, I don't say something that's off the wall or, you know. But just going through all those things, um, they stem from past disappointments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was walking the other day thinking about tonight coming here. And... Um, I was, you, you talked about, you know, share my afraid not, you know, mm -hmm. and how, you know, a lot of my issues stem from insecurities and not feeling like I measure up. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of saying these things out loud while I'm walking, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, who are you trying to measure up to? All have sinned mm -hmm. and fallen short of my glory. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me in a way that I never really thought of it like that. So if I'm trying to measure up so that I can please you, 
or the next person, then I'm so focused on that, there's no way I'm pleasing God. Mm. That's good. And so he, you know, he just told me, the only one you need to measure up for is me. And I have extended my hand of grace for every mess up that you have. Mm-hmm. So t- I have to get to the place, and it's a journey until we hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Um, good and faithful servant. It's a journey. So we continue on the journey. We have our hiccups. We have our mess ups. But his hand of grace is always extended mm-hmm. to us. So yeah. I'm learning to walk in the grace that he so freely gives mm-hmm. and his love for me. I want, it's like we want everyone else to love us. Right. And man's love is conditional, but God's love is unconditional. And he loves us because he is love. Mm-hmm. He knows no other way to interact with us outside of love. And so I'm, I'm still learning that, learning to walk in that. It's not that I don't know it, mm-hmm. head knowledge, but this is different when you establish that relationship and it really hits home and you walk in a way that you know, I got this. Mm-hmm. God loves me, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With all my frayedness. <laughs> Can I make up a word? Afraidness. I love it. I love it. I'm good because he says I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. His word says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are heirs. Mm-hmm. So who cares what whoever thinks or doesn't think mm-hmm. of me? I am who he says I am. Mm-hmm. Not, and you know, people, they just want you to be their idea of what you want them to be, what they, what they want you to be. And um, I can't, I even try to be that, you know, for my kids, you know, you know, we do so much for them, we pour into them, and we want them to do, um, not have any hiccups in life. We want to save them, especially as moms. We right. want to save them from anything. But I remember... I used to fight for my son, especially when he went to college. I'm like, you know, please don't go down that road, you know. Mm-hmm. We are right there. Yeah. We are right there right now. And, <laughs> and it's like. With our boys. Yep. We pray for them, and then we do things for them. And I remember the Lord telling me, he says, Sonola, I'm trying to get Michael to a place where he knows me as his God and not mom and dad's God. Mm. So a friend of mine, Kim, love her to death, Kim Jones, she said to me years ago, she says, Sonola, because I was having a fit about some things that my girls were going through and just acting out, she says, never keep your children from acquiring their own testimony. Hmm. Sometimes in our desperation of them not messing up or whatever, you know, we, we get in the way of what God is trying to do. We all have a testimony. Mm-hmm. They have to have their own. That's right. And those testimonies come, what, through tests, through trials, through knowing that, hey, I was at that point, but God, oh, my Lord, he just He spared my life. You know, he saved me. He kept me from this or kept me from that. So I've learned to just step back 
and let God be God mm-hmm. because he's better at it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I feel like I need to rewind I'm and like just listening again to you. <laughs> Thank you, Sonola. I needed that word tonight. I don't and know I think, why. I just was like, I think there are a lot of <laughs> listeners who are probably saying, I needed to hear that today. I think that all of us at the core of our heart have that insecurity gnawing. And to hear someone bravely call it out and to say, the Holy Spirit says, who is that you're trying to measure up to? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's just, I think yeah. that we needed to be reminded tonight of this, those truths that we are his and that he loves us, and we're just learning to walk in the grace he so freely gives, as you put it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and it's just that we we see people, especially for, I'll just say, myself, my pastor, you know, we're those who are on the f- in the forefront, or pastors, or whoever, um, maybe praise and worship leaders, looking from the outside in, you think that they have it all together because, I'm sorry if I'm hitting the mic, um, if they have it all, they have it all together because of where they are. Um, But it's not so. We all have a story. We all have a closed door, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, What's behind those doors? I can put on a facade for you, you know, and then go home and, you know, I'm at it with my kids or there's, you know, all kind of chaos going on in the house. Um, But God sees behind every closed door. Um, So we need to just know that, be secure, and I'm talking to myself, trust me, because I say I have my, my high moments, my low moments. Um, and tomorrow, I may be kind of navigating through something mm-hmm. else. But we all have a story. But know that God, you know, he's the answer to whatever insecurities we have. Our mm-hmm. peace is found in him. Mm-hmm. Our peace is found in him. And so I'm, I'm learning, I'm walking that out daily. Mm-hmm. I really am. Even being on platform and, you know, <laughs> oh, you're the pastor's wife, da 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 Well, for me, actually, you know, it's, people don't care. <laughs> well, some do. I, let me take that back. Some do. But um, I'm just trying to be who God has created me to be and not actually, mm-hmm. transparent moment, not live in the shadow of my husband mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally, when we traveled full-time, because when we were at Hardeen, I directed the choir. And when we would travel, you know, I would just be sitting. He's, you know, mingling or whatever. And someone may come to me and say, oh, you're Pastor Alvin's wife. Yes, nice to meet you. Um, but I wouldn't really engage in conversation. Or some people would say, well, who are, you? who are you? And someone else may say, oh, that's Pastor Alvin's wife. Turn around. Because usually my back is to be because I'm decor- uh, yeah. directing the choir or whatever, um, but I've lived in the shadow of my husband, which is a safe place for me. Mm-hmm. But God didn't call me to be in the shadow, to live in the shadow of my husband, and so I'm trying to navigate 
through that season because, like I said, I'm my yes is yes, even though this yes is scared. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I ultimately I want to be pleasing to Him. Mm-hmm. That's right. I told someone the other day. You know, it's a shame to be almost 60 years old and can't really say, this is what God has called me to do. This is my purpose. I mean, just to lay it out. And I said that to her, and um, immediately the Holy Spirit says, who said that a a calling had to have a title or your purpose had to have a title? Because so many people, I'm this or I'm that. And he says, I need you to be whatever I need you to be at whatever moment I need you to be that particular thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, he, if my purpose today was to be here and share my testimony, that's my purpose for today. Mm-hmm. My purpose, and I'm saying my purpose, let me change it. His purpose for me mm-hmm. may be something ter- totally different tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Stop being hung up on titles and I have this behind my name. You know, those are accolades that men give you. Right. Mm -hmm. None of those letters behind a degree (laughs) or title of a bishop or prophet or apostle, none of that is going to be on the list when God calls your name. Mm -hmm. He's not going to say, hey, Sonola, you know, I see you had a PhD and whatever. <laughs> He's not moved by that. No. He just wants to know, what did you do for me while you were there? So all of that is irrelevant. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to hear him say, well done. And I want to live my life in a surety that he will say, well done to right. me. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to have to wonder. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yes. And that just comes with establishing, you know, more intimate relationship with him. Well, that's a word. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing tonight. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being so honest and so vulnerable and letting the Lord use your story in such a powerful way. And I can only imagine how far and wide the message will go tonight in listeners hearts all over so if you're one of the people listening and you needed to hear this today you're the reason we did this so Sonola thank you so much you're welcome you're welcome that was fantastic I loved every minute of that conversation I hope you listeners feel the same way some of the takeaways for me there are many from this conversation One of them that is the highlight for me is to say yes to the Lord, even if it's a scared yes. I'm going to say yes, even if my yes is scared. I love that, and I just think that is right. It's what I needed to hear today. And for me, I think I needed to hear the who are you trying to measure up to? All have sinned. Why are we trying to measure up to each other? So I don't know why. That's where I started crying, but whatever. So... Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, and remember to sub- to subscribe and download and tell your friends and rate and review and all those things. 
We are so glad that you are here listening to Afraid Not. We hope it's a blessing to your life, and we'll see you in two weeks. Have a great day.